Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. Welcome to the Fresh the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser. And like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. The guest for this episode is Richard Quinnison, the vocalist from the Swedish melodic death metal band The Unguided, and they just released their new full-length album, Father Shadow, via Napalm Records. We get into how the band functions, fine-tuning their method of operation of writing and recording for the new album, after a history of lineup changes, and how The Unguided was birthed out of... Richard and his bandmate Roger Quinnison's previous band, Sonic Syndicate. With Father Shadow, the unguided go back to their harder roots, blurring the lines between melodic death metal and metal in this metalcore sound. And as a treat for their old fans, they did do cover versions of their own classic Sonic Syndicate tracks, Jailbreak, Denied, and Jack of Diamonds. So before we get into this uh, interview with uh, Richard Quinnison, um, you know, just a, a little update on what I've been doing. I'm just trying to close out the year with uh, everything that I already have recorded for the podcast. I'm really not doing anything. Uh, I'm not really doing any more recording for the rest of the year. I need kind of like a break from talking. You know, through this whole election here in the States, like, we just, all you do is hear people talk. You know, we're just talk, 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 you know. And we're going through this pandemic where we're not like... We're not connecting with people, but you just hear people talking, talking. So I need a like, I just need a break from talking to people. <laughs> but then also here in Michigan, we're um, we're kind of going into another lockdown uh, this week for you know at least three weeks because the the COVID cases are on the rise again, spiking again, and hopefully we can just ooh, bunker down, man, and and get and get through this. Uh, it's, it's nuts, but, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm built, I'm used to like just chilling at the crib and I've been like, I've been doing my Marie Kondo thing, man, just like kind of getting rid of stuff that doesn't bring me joy. Like it all started with reorganizing my, my record collection. And now I'm doing all these different things around the, around the crib that are I'm reorganizing everything and I keep adding things to reorganize before I finish the previous ones. My latest edition is my, is 
reorganizing my digital music library on my laptop, which I was able to find a great program on my uh, on, for a Mac called Strawberry. That's a uh, MP, you know, a digital file player. You know, um, it has a great interface where I can easily like I can get rid of doubles that I have files of. I can go ahead and add, um, you know, you know, search for album artwork. I can really easily, uh, you know, correct the, um, you know, the ID three tags and update those. And um, I have everything pretty much. I already had. I have pretty much have everything that's on my computer and on my externals, like all linked up into that program now. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I'm just kind of going through and trying to, you know, little by little. It's it, it's like it's like I'm at a computer company. I'm just like just typing away at things, uh, but you know, I'm gonna try to get rid of stuff that I'm like, okay, why do I? I I'm not gonna listen to this. You know, I'm gonna trim down my digital library because I got all these MP3s and stuff, and I it got to the point where I don't do anything with them because it was just like I don't li- I don't even listen to them. I'm like, I'm so glad that um. Uh, that Bandcamp has a Google Chromecast um, integration into the the mobile app, so I can stream all that stuff, you know, directly from my phone um, that I get off Bandcamp already uh, to my Chrome, you know, to my TV and stuff like that. So that's cool. But um, like I want to be able to, you know, listen to a lot of these like stuff that isn't on streaming that like. I have mp3s of but it was just like everything's a mess not organized but i'm gonna get i'm gonna get there you know and you know shout out to strawberry it's a little glitchy because sometimes it'll just like you know it'll close out on me but like it's what i need right now so i can deal with it but um you know it could use a little it could use a little tlc programming wise but for what i need what i want right now to organize everything Yo, it's yo, it's pretty dope. I like it. I like it. All right, that's you know, that's about it for uh for this, you know, for my little whatever. <laughs> Catching you up on what's going on in my life. Um I guess we have a new president here in the states. Uh we'll see what batshit crazy happen shit happens, you know, from now until the inauguration. Um in this transition, it's crazy, but um everybody please, you know, wherever you're at states overseas i know other places are getting locked down you know be safe you know uh wear your mask please just let's get out of this you know pandemic thing (laughs) um because i you know i want to go back to uh concerts again and i want to uh go uh go have sex without uh um you know thinking i'm gonna die from coronavirus (laughs) <sighs> all right after a uh, short word from our sponsor we'll get into this interview with richard quinnison from the band the unguided all right welcome back to the fresh of the word podcast and like always we have the freshest of guests for you and my guest for this episode is richard quinnison he is the vocalist of the band the metalcore band the Unguided, they're from Sweden. They have a new album out. It's called Father Shadow via Napalm Records. Hi, Richard. How are you doing today? 
Hi, it's good to talk to you. It's actually a pretty good pronunciation and uh, sure name. It's, uh, most of the time, people don't get it nailed down. So. Well, good. <laughs> I'm happy that I was able to do yeah. that. I, I'm, I'm pretty like yeah. after a while, after you know a few tries, I'm pretty good at like pronouncing stuff. You know, like so you know I you know I. I listen to a lot of different, you know, music from around the world. I watch like professional yeah. wrestling from Japan and, I, you know, I watch MMA. So there's a lot of, you know, very uh, complicated names and all of that. Okay. So a broad range. Of, uh, <laughs> right. That's cool. Well, you guys got a new <laughs> album out. Um, yeah. It's called Father's Shadow. You know, what was sort of, you know, what was sort of the mood of the band? You know, what were you kind of, you know, what was your ideas going into making this record? First of all, we've been sitting on it for quite some while because we finished it up around March and and then the entire world uh, went into fucking mayhem mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I think we, um, I mean, we talked with the label and we had our original plan to release it in October uh, and we wanted to stick to that plan even if the world was a bit upside down uh but for the writing of the the music in in or two down i think the lion's share was done around end of 2019 something um and all the instrumental parts were done in uh, uh, beginning of december 2019 and then i wrote all the lyrics uh for it during december and then we hit the studio in January, basically. I think that the mod of the band, because we picked up a lot of lessons from the last album and about Royale. And, you know, we had a bit of members change in the band. So it was a lot about working out a new routine and a new process in how we're going to approach this as some new members are included. And uh, I think we've just been very open-minded to everyone's songwriting styles and everyone's contribution to this one more than we ever been in the past. Uh, I think that's, that's a great vibe motivation for everyone. Uh, and I also think like you can tell a bit when you're listening to the album now and that the range is a bit wider than it's been on the, the previous record. So it was a bit of trial and error on the last one. I still, like Annabelle Royal a lot. I love there's a lot of good songs on it. Uh, but the process was a bit fine-tuned on going into this one. And now everyone is like super tight in the band <laughs> for this. Uh, I think you can tell a bit uh, of the final product here. You know, going through, you know, having new members in the band, um, you know, reading up on the history of the band, there's been times when people left uh you new people just be you know due to creative differences the, you know the previous iteration of this band with uh sonic syndicates um you know there was there's sort of like a creative differences thing that went on there you know what sort mm -hmm. of uh you know how do you sort of balance you know everybody's creativity in, but then at what point you know, do you feel like, okay, this isn't working out and maybe we have to like try something new or try or have, or try mm. something new with another person, you know? 
Yeah, um, I've, I, I think there's been a bit too much member change in this band from what I <laughs> what I like. Like I, I really enjoy consistencies in band and like strong bonds, but as it's like a professional hobby and it's not our life bread, it's you know it's hard to to motivate uh, that sometimes when. Um, when people doesn't have as much time available, uh, and I think that was what happened with both uh, Roland and now recently Henrik uh, leaving. I I'm super happy that Jonathan came on board uh, by the end of 2016 because it's a perfect fit for the band. But I think still it, or I think it still looks a bit for two albums and there's two drop-offs that that's not how I prefer it you know uh, it's still a super friendly atmosphere between um, all of us and I mean we had the early change or originally for the going in or me leaving Sonic Syndicate going into the Van Gaiden forming that's with my brother and Roland back in 2010 uh, that was mostly um, a project uh, that we, the three of us, we enjoyed writing music together basically during the Sonic times. So we thought we'll, the fuck, we just continue to do that in another band basically. And, and then we added more members because we, we thought it was fun and we got some live shows booked. Uh, so originally we, we had this uh, Sonic Syndicate drummer in John, but he had two bands at that time, so he couldn't contribute fully to the new one so that's when Rille came in and then three albums deep into the band Roland got a lot of responsibilities both with his family and with his uh, some important duties on his day job so he couldn't contribute either to the tours and stuff or fully to that so so that's when when Jonathan was standing in a lot for him we felt it was a bit unfair to the fans that they buy tickets to see the full band and then they get standing persons especially on a key role like that lead guitar and and clean vocals uh, so that's when, when we did the whole switcheroo <laughs> uh, and jonathan came in full-time in the band uh, and now more recently it's um, um henrik which uh, left for this album but that's been on um brewing for quite some years because he haven't been able to to do the tours with us uh, for the same arguments basically like family and and their jobs so it's it's like the four of us that's in the band now have grown super tight over this time because it's always yeah. us that ends up <laughs> on the <laughs> roads together <laughs> uh, um, but when 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 it comes to creative differences we are very uh, unlike musical-wise in the band or what genres and stuff we we kind of grew up with uh, or what generations we grew up with or what generation of music we grew up with. And I actually think it's to our advantage because it's like there, there's compromises every here and there and, and it's like... Uh, four stones knocking against each other and the spark that that comes from that is the unguided in a way like all our different styles and mindsets and stuff is being blended okay. into and um, uh, and i think 
there there's a fine line between how where things get a bit too messy like when everyone is calling the shots uh, so there's some structures around whose responsibilities or final say is whose in a way uh, and, and i don't i mean in bands i think there should be one strong vision that's mutual or everyone is down with and then everyone can contribute but i think it's still important to stick to the the formula and the, the vision that was originally intended for the band and i think that's what we're doing as well and everyone is very aware of that you know in regard like in regards to your own life how do you sort of balance your music life with any responsibilities they, that you have in your personal life i don't, <laughs> I don't <really. laughs> no because i have uh, a manager position uh, in a pretty big company and it's a department of 20 people which i'm responsible for uh, we're doing like uh, it's like a electrical instrumental workshop um, and and that's my honest job if that's what you like to tell me <laughs> <laughs> and then during the evenings it's like my other job is the band and that's when i do most of the or spend most of the time um, working with band stuff basically uh, or we yeah, i mean the four of us we we have as a different responsibilities in the band uh, but and we also have a manager in germany but most of the time I'm doing a lot of that administration work for the band um, and I'm tossing the inputs back and forth a bit with the, with other people. So there, there's like structures to be able to, to handle this. And, and some people in the band have kids and there's a lot of responsibilities with that. Uh, me or I and Jonathan, for example, don't have that. So we can spend a bit more time with, with, uh, work around the band so it's it's about dosing around those <laughs> or trying to figure out the balance around it uh, but basically like for releases like for for the coming two weeks i'm i'm uh, working from home and just to be uh, available as much as possible for like interviews or the launch uh, or damn no <laughs> I'm talking like <laughs> the album is not released <laughs> but, <laughs> okay edit <laughs> so like the the last couple of two weeks for me have been working from home job wise and then just to be available for everything um regarding promoting the album and doing interviews and just being accessible for both the label and the management as much as i can and so, so it's a bit situational of course it's more hectic around uh, an album release and the months going in or coming up to album release uh, but this year has been a bit weird in every way <laughs> it's a quite a good balance anyway most music artists most bands are not really upfront about you know if they have a day job or a career outside of music you know mm -hmm. how do you uh you know, d does that lend any sort of freedom creatively with the with the band, knowing that you know you have this paycheck elsewhere, 
And how do you sort of deal with, um, you know, things that you have to do with the band when having a career outside of music? Man, I think that, that was what happened in Sonic in a way that uh, uh, creativity had to take the passenger seat because we were on a strict schedule, both touring wise and album writing wise and putting out new songs while in the Unguided because here's like we're spreading our risk with having, uh, of course, there's an income from the job, but it's we don't tour as much as uh, more. We would need to tour a bit more to be able to support five people. And even with that, not anywhere close what I do in a, like a manager position. So, so it's all almost like it's the other way around. Like my day job is is a great asset for for me um giving back to the unguided in a way uh, and i can buy everything that I, I need or what we need in the band from that and i think the other people people have the the same mentality and so for all the earnings in the band we just reinvest that instead directly instead of taking that out uh, on the or um, paying members in the band basically and everyone have that mindset so so for for us it's a it's a pretty natural way of handling our professional hobby and it also makes us we can write an album when we want and we can when we have something to say and when we feel creativity fulfilled that's when we write something <laughs> so, so that's why it's a couple of years between the albums and we don't need to force uh, album out every year or every two years it's more about like now we feel we have something to say and then we can sit down and talk about it and, and write uh, together such album while in sonic it was more like you were sitting in a tour bus having six weeks of touring and once that was done you need to get in the studio so you needed to write the album in the tour bus basically yeah and, and what you really wanted to do was to focus on the shows and do them as good as you can but you also had you, you needed to like push something out creativity wise but you felt pretty empty in that uh, like you was no not inspired sitting like in those positions and and just having it like a pizza delivery order service in a way like that. But also we were six people plus management and booking and everything needed uh, was dependent on, on the finances of that band. So we needed to put out something, but it's, it, it wasn't maybe like the art or the creativity stuff we needed. It was more of a um, quantity production, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I, I told myself during that time, especially during like the We Rule the Night session or the studio recording of that, like I'm never going to put myself in this situation again. Like a hobby should be a hobby, <laughs> and you should be able to spend the time with it when you think it's fun and creative. And uh, and I think that's what we've done now. We we made certain that Unguided is uh, being like in, in that creative environment and always fun and it's always great to meet up uh, when we do it uh, and and i think that's that spills over on the songs and the, on the art in a lot of way and 
<laughs> pretty long, long time hearing about that. But yeah, yeah it, it's like the it's complete contrast from how it was done in in Sonic. But then that was our income and that was our yeah. day job. And when a day job becomes or when your hobby becomes a day job, it, there's some there's like a fire that um, is dis, uh, distinguished in that, I think. And now we try to keep that fire burning and keep it fun. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think these days, and it's not really widespread, but you're seeing people where, you know, they're, they're forced to get income in many different avenues, whether it's, you mm. know, all, you know, entrepreneurship or whatever. But, um, mm. you know, there's the you know the old adage about you know the starving artist or you got to be on the road every day or whatnot, but you know there's definitely mm. people that are you know sh shining examples of, hey um I just I like doing music and I just want to contribute to music, but mm. you know I kind of I I support it by having a career outside of music, and mm. that actually makes the music a lot better because they don't have the you know they don't have to do all the things that you just said, you know, no, like, are no, forced exactly. to do it, you know? <laughs> mm. No. And especially like a year, uh, this year when we were really lucky to have those structures in the band that we weren't uh, fully dependent on the band. Cause when the pandemic hit and all shows were annihilated, <laughs> it's pretty nice to have, a job on the side of your your music <laughs> so uh, i know there's a lot of my music colleagues that are suffering and is still suffering during this year and trying to get get around with being creative in in different ways but there's also a lot of people that needs to get like uh, alternative jobs or go back to the uh, job market just because the music can't uh, be supported without live shows anymore so for us this year, it's been a bit lucky in, in, in that regard. You know, having that sort of structure with the band, being it as like, you know, like you said, a professional hobby, you mm -hmm. know, are you happy with where the band is, um, you know, popularity wise, you know, these days, you know, even during this pandemic, are you happy to, you know, at, you know, where the band is these days? Yeah, for sure. Like I've seen the the response to the, the two singles we released so far for the album, also the the EP last year uh, with Seth and Gaia. Um, the response has been incredibly good, and also we've seen streams are going up. We're like all time high on our our Spotify streams, for example, and it seems like there's some staying power in that as well because it's biting it <laughs> or because usually what happens is like it's a bump when the single release and then it goes down slowly you know but now it bites itself onto that threshold in a way and the, you can see there is like clear staying power in in that so so it's i think there's a lot of boredness and quarantine people in the world that like new music and <laughs> is ready to explore stuff <laughs> like that as well so i think that it's a it's it's smart to release now in that way because streams are going up but then on the other hand it's 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 a bit of a um or it's it's a shame that you can't support your new album with a tour 
uh, or tying into a tour because I think that's not going to happen until like fall next year or something. Yeah. Um, did yeah. that even answer your question? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. But um, <laughs> but um, being you know being that you know this is a band that even before the pandemic you didn't tour as much as you know. Oh er- yeah, yeah. Early, like you know, early on, yeah. you know, uh, you you know the previous band or earlier on. What um, uh, with you know with that, how do you, how do you sort of supplement like, re the reach out of your music to the to the audience to the fans? Like, uh, how do you kind of keep yourself, you know, out there all these years, um, when you're not touring as much as maybe other bands. Um. No, that's right. Your question was if if I'm uh, okay with how how far we've gone with the band, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, of course it's a big difference to to Sonic Syndicate, uh, and to be fair, going into the game guide, we had no expectations whatsoever. Like we just wanted to write music for ourselves, the music we like to listen to ourselves. Uh, and that's what we did and and then it catched on and i think it catched on more than we expected initially because you know in in sonic we we hit the market with that music in a perfect time everything like was aligned for that product or or that uh, uh, the, the entire you know style of the band and the style of the music and how much we toured, we had those great support tours with both In Flames and Nightwish and stuff, and just catched on um, a lot and, and brought Sonic to, to, or skyrocketed Sonic to, to uh, what today feels a bit unreal, you know? <laughs> like it went pretty fast and you couldn't, you didn't have time to sit down and, and reflect over that. It's now that I can think this is hard to do something like that and uh, we were very lucky to be able to to do that uh, and I mean we sort of uh, continue with the same music a bit going into the unguided of course it's got its own style but it's um, doing that those five years later was a bit dated like the the trends in metal was going a bit the other way um, and so, so we realized that it may might not have that the same impact, and especially that we weren't able to tour that much, or wouldn't be able to tour that much, and uh, would limit the band success as well. But having being five albums deep in a band, that's more than I could ask for. <laughs> I did say the original plan was three albums. And that went pretty fast. We were done with that 2016 already. And now we have two more under the belt with our new singer-guitarist. Uh, and we have plans for um, around three more albums. And, and already started working in those directions. So it, it is successful. And we can we have a pretty hardcore fan base, which we can rely on a lot. And I guess that's what we... I mean, we write music for ourselves, but we're pretty in line with our hardcore fans, and they trust us in that. Uh, and I think they're gonna support us as long as we stay true to um, to that formula in a way. 
um, and also like having a sensitive singer switch in the middle of all that um, and that must be considered very successful how it was executed and how it um, also like how it doesn't didn't backfire on the band in any ways like the sales and the streams are are uh, going up uh, even after that so so that was it was a bit uncertain years of course but we can see clearly now that we made some good decisions and that it was the right way for the for the band definitely um, but I, I I don't expect it's going to be as successful with um, the configuration we have as Sonic wherever <laughs> and, <laughs> and besides we I mean we're not getting younger either <laughs> so right I think the metal scene likes to see some younger more ta- or younger talents taking those spots instead of us you know how do you how do you balance making the music that you want to make without falling into you know any trends that are happening in 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 metal um i think we're following trends or like me i'm i'm explorer of music uh i listen to like one new metal album every day just to see what's going on in the business and see what's going in in the trend because i'm super interested in that so I, i basically just like check up all releases coming out and and I take one album a day just to digest it and, and there's a lot of weird things coming out but there's also a lot of good things and every now and then you hit like uh, <laughs> you hit pay dirt with something that's like this is could be pretty revolutionary you know in, in the scene uh, and as everyone in the band is really open minded to what, what we like like it, it's we like heavy stuff but we also like big melodies and hooks uh so we try to balance that in a way and and see that the guy is all about it's always going to be a a metal band uh, in in that regard but we we're not trying to to try elements from other genres or um, doing like hookier stuff just to be true to metal or whatever we just want to write good songs or make the best of the songs we can possibly create um, and, I, and I don't think like we we follow trends just for the sake of it it's more like we, maybe we align together with like this is something cool going on here and then when we re- write music it's channeled there a bit subconscious or naturally <laughs> like right. we can do it this way but, uh but still, like when all is said and done, I still think it sounds beyond guided. Uh, and also, like as I said, we took the there's three songwriters or music writers on this album. They get uh, equal airtime on the entire album, and I still don't think like the album is it's not inconsistent in any way. But there's a good range on it, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, it's we're interested in trends, but we don't, as I don't follow them just for because they're trends. It's right. more of maybe we implement them if, if there's a good moment in the song for something like that. Yeah. Mm. On the on the new album, mm. Father Shadow, um, 
you do you guys do uh include uh a few uh sonic syndicate covers bonus tra- bonus tracks um you know what was the mm-hmm. decision to do that um we started to play denied live in the unguided uh, around 2018 i think the summer there so it was a bit of a surprise for the fans because we haven't played any sonic songs for eight years <laughs> in the band uh, and i think the or the opinion around that or the or the uh, mindset around that was that we wanted to stand on our own feet um with our own songs with our own albums yeah before doing anything with like the old band at all basically uh and we felt eight years in four albums deep maybe this is the right time to actually do it and they were a great like live wise it's a, was a really energy and injection to because we always rounded the shows up with those like the last show or last song we played was a sonic song <laughs> uh, and the crowd was very because they they thought they would never get that in our band basically because we didn't do it for so long <laughs> and they just go completely crazy about it uh that was fun of course <laughs> right uh so so on the tour of and the battle royale we added another one jack diamonds and then we had those on rotation for the for every night basically um and when it came to album recording we figured now when we play those songs we have our own versions of them uh we might as well record them as a bit of a treat for for the fans uh and we also added Jailbreak from Eden Fire because we know there's a following to that album, the first Sonic album. Um, so, so basically what ended up on the album is every single from uh, the first three albums. And we know there's like different Sonic fans that have uh, a bit different opinions on the fir- three first albums. So I think everyone is going to be happy about that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, um, you know, with writing this album and like before, before the pandemic hits and having to wait all these, all these months for it to be released, you know, was, is there anything that you, you know, you talked about any topics that you talked about on this, on this album that have sort of a new meaning you know, in this new world with the pandemic and all the things that kind of happened because of it. Yeah, because I get that a lot, especially for the the song Never Yield. Uh, it keeps coming back in interviews if that was about the pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I wish it was, but it was written in December. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's not. But if you read up on it, it's, it's actually, like, um, lyric-wise, it's about... It's got some because I I usually do some biblical references to the to the songs or like I don't uh, I think the Bible is a bit of sci-fi but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I think people understand that they know their way around a lot of those stories so it's pretty powerful to have some references from that uh, and that particular song was uh, about the four horsemen in a way and that was just like we ended up with being four members in the band and we had some decisions whether we would continue in that way or we would not and then we we said 
fuck, we are gonna we are gonna rule this out like <laughs> and it felt appropriate. But when I'm reading the uh, the lyrics and have the pandemic in mind, uh, it's pretty meaningful there as well. So I guess it's like with all music, when you listen to it and whatever it means to you and uh, whatever you read into the lyrics, that's what it's actually gonna be in the end. Uh, so so it doesn't need all the explanations all the time. I think it's just like, if it acts some good uh, or or bad feelings for you, then it's uh, that's what it's gonna be for you, basically. Um, but I haven't thought on the the other content of the album if it fits very well in the the current situation. I think the War of Oceans is was more about the whole um, uh, global pollution, and, yeah, distress or or that. And I think I mean the Corona or the the pandemic had some great effects on that. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lucky coincidence, I guess. Um, and I think the world is going to be look a bit different when we're out of this, um, and we'll see what happens if the economy will will get back on feet. Uh, and I think it's nowadays it's looking quite all right, and it's maybe it, uh, people thought it was going to be worse than it is that we're going into recessions or depressions and everything, and, and now. When it's slowly opening up, I think we, it's it seems like it's more all right than the the what they first foresaw. So we'll see. <laughs> what's like what's like sort of like the economical and political climate in Sweden right now? Um, the like the our translation of Fed is doing printing a lot of money and they're supporting a lot of companies so they can uh, continue to so because there's no like big um, unemployed wave in Sweden currently I think it's been um, pretty handled well from both the political side and and uh, uh, it's not called federal reserve it's called a uh, Riksbank but it's the same thing basically yeah. <laughs> our international bank uh, and I just think they like they practiced now for ten years since the finance crisis. So it would be shocking if they couldn't handle it better than they did ten years ago, with uh, or even more twelve years ago when uh, Lehman Brothers uh, you know, or the whole bank crash and the whole world uh, economy faltered. So so it seemed like they were a bit better prepared and i guess if you practice something for 10 years you get better better at it also the banks <laughs> <laughs> and the politicians and it's the only i'm a bit disappointed in the whole culture side uh, there's a lot of you know companies and and sectors that get guidance in how to handle their business with the tweaks uh, of ongoing pandemic while the live scene or the entertainment scene or music uh, artists, they are not getting any guidance at all. So that's just slowly dying. Yeah. Um, and I think that's bullshit how that cannot be prioritized in this uh, moment. Like I hear a lot of, you know, people that's roadies or sound guys or whatever, all the logistics around a band and a tour, they're basically completely off the music business 
now to do other things. And I think they will not come back <laughs> if there's not for really good reasons. So I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. The same uh, thing's kind of happening here, like very much like yeah. the, the live, the live events industry is at a complete halt with no yeah. help at all. Yeah. Uh, I think like, and the whole scene is dying to get some guidance. Like tell us how to handle this and we'll do it. And I'm sure if, the politicians and uh, the scene itself can come up with some great guidelines in to handle in, in Sweden. It's even it's ridiculous how how restaurants can be open and they can have a couple of hundreds people if the there's uh, the tables are far away enough. But if there's uh, artist on stage or someone with a guitar singing in that area, you can just uh, then, then it's outlawed basically. Then you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's the difference? <laughs> people sitting eating, uh, people people sitting eating and enjoying some music. <laughs> so it's it's a really odd way of handling that. And our uh, culture minister is getting a lot of flack in regards of it, but it's no reactions. I, th- I think they talked about having 500 people uh, in. Uh, or raising the the bar from fi- from fifty to five hundred people, but I think it was denied in in uh, um, yeah on, on the government basically government side. So no luck <laughs> so far. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the same here. It's it's just a mess when it comes to the, the live events industry, and there's just no yeah. help and it. We don't know, you know, we don't know what venues are going to survive uh, after this. You know, so many venues have already closed up shop for forever. And yeah. it's it, it's really, you know, it's really terrible. And mm, yeah, getting no help at all. No, I don't, I don't get that. And it's, it's like equal much employment in that than in industry or... Like I work in in industry, and there's a lot of guidelines how to handle that, but there's completely nothing when it comes to doing culture-based things. So it's a bit weird way to approach it, and I think that's going to be a big thing when this is said and done, like how that was handled. Um, we'll see. It will be a day of reckoning, <laughs> I'm sure. Right. You know. <laughs> With the with the new album Father Shadow, you know, when you when you after you got done with this album, when you looked at it, you know, before the whole pandemic hits, you know, what did you feel like what was your feelings about the final product and what was your sort of feelings about what what you were able to succeed on uh, with doing this album, maybe in comparison to the previous albums? Um Yes, as said previously, like the 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 and Battle Royale albums, the previous one was a bit of off trial and error, and I think we did a lot of things right on this one. We also wanted a bit different approach sound wise, with or like more how it's mixed and mastered, uh, and we wanted a bit heavier product, or and um, uh, also a bit grittier. Uh, so we we selected uh, Buster Odeholm from Impact Studios to handle the mixing on this one, uh, and he's been like his history. It's based around doing 
a lot of heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While um, the previous ones we've done have been more like modern metal producers in a way. Um, so I think that brought a bit more edge to to the to the entire production. Uh, and some songs are are in themselves heavier, uh, and I think that was just like um, a mindset we had for the entire album that we wanted a bit. To, uh, to have it a bit more in your face, uh, not as polished uh, as the other one. So that that's I think was that made us sound better than it did on the the previous one. Uh, that factor, um, but I think we we're all super happy about the entire production, like the final product and how it came out. Uh, it was pretty stressed. Because we had the entire year of 2019 to write the album, but we like we piled up the writing sessions towards the end of the year anyway. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like how, how it tends to work. We need to book a studio to get the pressure going, and then because uh, the way we work is that we do all the instrumentals first, and then I write the lyrics and do the vocal arrangements uh, together with Jonathan. Um, so, so and that was done. I said we had sketches of songs, but they were completely done around December last year. And then I had a couple of weeks to write the lyrics, and then it was recording time for that. <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> we said, I know going into 2019, we said, like, we have the entire year to just write as much as we want and do the best album ever. But then we just consolidated it. To, to the last month anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Always happens like that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to well, it. That's good for us. It's like some positive pressure needs to be. We need to book the studio and have some, you know, markers. <laughs> yeah, even when you give yourself a lot of freedom and time, you still need that, that little bit of a, you know, yeah, like you said, positive pressure, that deadline. Yeah, you, you still need that little pressure <laughs> yeah. to exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or else, I know everyone is just absorbed into their normal lives, and they, we just think like, "Nah, we can do that tomorrow." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but once the studio is approaching, then it's like, "Damn, we should have something finished for this." <laughs> yeah. Right. But we had some some songs also, like like the ballad, for example, that was um, instrumentally it was done last album, but we we took the decision. Uh, that we saved that for uh, upcoming album because we thought it. Um, I don't know if how read up you are on the whole Sonic uh, situation there, but we figured with a singer change, we didn't. We thought it was a good song, but we didn't. With a singer change, want to have like the softest softest song in our career either because we uh we want to present ourselves as a metal band yeah and so it was kind of skipped from that album to be delayed to this one strategically <laughs> and, and so, so that was basically done early on and then we had the ep songs which was seth and gaia they're now bonus tracks on the album uh, they were to test the production like the recording studio we decided and uh, uh booster Udeholm. Uh, as a mix master for for our music and we were blown away by his work from the ep so it was like a lot at first sight when, <laughs> when we decided, that's good this, this, this is where we're gonna end up in 
and we always we never did uh album in the same studio or with the same producer ever in the band so we try to keep keep ourselves out from any comfort zones and just move around and pick up as much experience and influences from producers as possible i think that's a pretty um nice um feature with the band that we we're very open-minded when it comes to comes to that like picking up new influences and and angles from producers instead of getting stuck in one studio with the same producer for, for all years basically how's that how's that helped uh like with the band with just doing like the writing and like the pre-production of a lot of these songs that you've like worked with so many different people no, I think it's like every every producer have its own tricks and their own approach to ways. So you learn a lot when you try to filter out the best ways from it. So during our pre-productions, we're we're heavily influenced by our past producers in a way, and we just try to do best practice out from what they've taught us or what we picked up from those sessions, in a way. And unfortunately, like we were, we live all across Sweden, so. Mostly when pre-production comes, it's more of a Dropbox product <laughs> where, where we, yeah, someone comes up with like a core of a song and then and we, we fill the blanks, the rest of us, and we structure it up together and have those Skype meetings to to uh, to try to arrange around everything. It's it's working great for for us, but it's not. Uh, until we we hit the live stages with the songs when we actually learn to play the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like uh, some friendly competition going on between Rille, our drummer, and our uh, our guitarist Jonathan, because he writes the weirdest fucking drum parts for Rille in his songs, and Rille tried to write. Uh, hardest guitar parts he can for Jonathan in his songs and then when we come to a live situation they have to work really hard to, to get them going <laughs> that's good it's pushing it pushing it further every album like right <laughs> trying to take it to the next level uh, how much of the structure of the song is done you know before when you're going into the studio and then what do you do in the studio um like we we don't restructure the songs at all like we have a fixed formula for the songs and the arrangements in the studio um because i there's been i i'm pretty strict when it comes to like the whole lyric and vocal process and that's why i want like the my whole instrumental parts done before i even look at the song or like uh, or, or i try to do my parts of the song because um for me, it's a lot about storytelling as well. So, like, if there's, we do this, or uh, I do something for unfinished work, and then something is like completely chopped off in the middle of that song, which was like super meaningful for the composition of the lyrics, <laughs> then I get very frustrated. <laughs> so, we learned to handle that with having pretty, like, final pre-productions when off the instrumentals when we're we're writing the lyrics and doing the vocal arrangements of course there's like tweaks here and there but very seldom there's like completely cuts of entire parts or um because we we're really down with the song and and 
uh, Jonathan is a producer and uh, mixer himself, so we have um, the finest pre-production versions of the songs. It's very representative when we uh, can listen to it in in that state before we we record it. Um, so we we already know like yeah this part is gonna work or uh, or it's only gonna get better in in like a professional studio environment. So everyone have their own home studio and we just shoot files at each other <laughs> all day long. <laughs> so you, so you basically like the band base, so basically you have like a, a format that you want the, you know, the backing music to be, and then you're able to, uh, you know, write lyrics to that. Yeah. Always like, I know cause we have a conceptual story going on, uh, like see me, let's say like five songs of the album is like conceptual stories and it's like that for all the albums uh, we write and so and i want to drive that story forward with uh with the lyrics of course and also there's like the entire text you can find in the booklets or the entire book if that's what you want to call it <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty pretty long <laughs> um so I don't know it's it's just uh, really convenient when you sit down to write and and I always start with the chorus for example because I'm under the impression if you can't figure out the chorus correctly and do it uh, hooky and hitty then there's no point to do the rest of the song in a way so, right. so we start there uh, and then I work chronologically and try to build it up like story wise from verse one to to the final part, uh, basically. Um, and that's that's just like how our process looks. And usually like someone have figured out the uh, chorus melody. It could be anyone in the band, basically. Most of the time it's Jonathan because he's doing the, the clean vocals, but also really have contributed to a, a lot of uh, vocal melodies on this album. And I've done a couple of as well. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's up for grabs in the pre-production phase, uh, and we just everyone can contribute, and we just judge it from there. Uh, like when the four of us sit down and listen through the material, and like this is the strongest melody, let's go for that one, and then I write the lyrics to that one. Right. To kind of wind things down, you know, what do you what do you hope your fans get out of this new album? <clears throat> I think there's going to be a bit of everything for everyone. And I mean, we, we're pretty close contact with the fans and we already got some feedback going uh, some months ago when, when showing it to, to some people that we know love our music historically. And, and they've been really mind blown about uh, the album. So I think there's good parts ahead. And I said, both the singles have got really, um good uh, response so yeah so and i mean we have we have the fans that like the heavier parts of our music and also fans that are a bit more uh, um there's something going on here hello yeah i'm still here can you hear me? yeah i can hear you okay it was some beef bingo Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so, so I, 
I think they're just gonna get more of what they already got from like uh, Seth, Crown uh, Prince Syndrome, and Never Yield. Uh, it's a great range on the album. I like how it opens up with because, uh, as I said, we have three um, songwriters in like the instrumental parts, and the album opens up pretty smart with the first song is like Jonathan's song. The second one is Richard's song, and the third one is Roger's song. <laughs> so you get the entire range, because they come from a bit different schools when they write music. <laughs> so you kind of get the range there, and then it just goes on from from that moment. <laughs> nice. Uh, so so it's, it's a bit more taking a wide turn on this album than the previous ones, but I think everyone's going to be happy in the end. <laughs> right. Well, well, the new album Reps, I'm really, you know, I'm really digging it. Really digging the uh, the video Thank for you. Crown Prince Syndrome. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, yo, this is awesome. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, good luck with everything. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with the album. Before we uh, get out of here, where can people go online to get more information about the Unguided and the new album Father Father Shadow? I would say just one part about the whole music videos because it, it's a performance video as you saw. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think like previously before the pandemic, people thought that was pretty boring and they wanted CGI and like yeah. big stuff to happen. But now when during the pandemic where people miss live shows so much, like a performance video is super effective. Right. <laughs> it's dude. And it's just like, to, I love what people are. How, I love what people are trying to do with those. They're like they're trying to be as creative as possible with um, yeah. with you know having to deal with whatever policies are going on in the pandemic yeah. or yeah. like like I I, I was um, I was uh, interviewing the the drummer from the band Varg and huh? they they basically had to go like for their last video they had to like quickly film it like. Out like they were near like a beach or whatever near some water, okay. And they had to like, yeah. it was like guerrilla style. They just had to go out there, do it, <laughs> and quickly get out of there because it was it was against the law right now to to be filming like oh, that. Okay. So like it's it's kind of fun the, the, the some of these videos and the stories behind them because you know you're getting really yeah. creative. But then like like you said, like people are like really digging just seeing the band perform. Yeah, I mean, the entire world is deprived of live shows. So, like, if you can get a performance video out, it's, like, the closest you can get at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Every, pretty effective. Everybody's, br- <laughs> everybody's bringing out the live footage from previous tours. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put out a live album, or we're going to just put out a live video, you know? <laughs> like, remind you, you know, that, you know, this existed. Yeah. But um, where can people right. go online uh, and get more information about the band and uh, you know about the new album? Anything that's coming up, uh, you know, outside, you know, with dealing with uh, the release of this album. I would say like all official spaces. Theunguided.com is a good um, way to keep yourself updated. Also, like our Facebook and Instagram. And Twitter is actually updated regularly. So. That's where where you find most of the information <laughs> on a regular basis. Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser. 
and powered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh of the Word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash Fresh of the Word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.